Okay, so I have a, uh, a show idea that was presented to me by my Patreon supporter, Iveta. Uh, second show. Um, so I, I guess I should probably just give her producer credits uh, at this point um, because she's been so helpful. Um, so the idea is on uh, talking about survival currencies. And it's something that uh, I think we've all spent some time thinking about. Uh, I know I have um, thought about it a lot. I haven't really done nearly enough preparation in this uh, myself, so I, I kind of feel like maybe I'm you know, talking out of my ass because I haven't really done every single thing I'm going to talk about here. Um, I'm just thinking about what what is the most practical and useful and necessary things to do. Um, Part of this is because over the last decade or so, um, I took my savings and put it into stuff that I would buy and sell, and that's been my business model, and it's it's worked. Um, I've mostly exhausted whatever financial savings I had at this point. Well, I've, I've actually completely exhausted my money, um, but I still have a lot of stuff to sell, and it's valuable stuff. It's just un- unfortunately... Um, a lot of it is musical equipment, and obviously musicians took a huge hit with all of this. I mean, they had they had taken a hit over the last few years, the, the whole decade really, through a combination of things, through eBay's crazy policies. Um, the rising prices have served my purposes because it actually turned out to be a good investment to buy you know synthesizers and sell them because they went up in value, uh, and that was good for me. Uh, not so great for musicians who, you know, lost the ability to, you know, this all started with the, the smoking bans and stuff. Um, people stopped going to bars. There was no longer any income to be able to pay bands. Bands stopped playing in bars. This all happened before this madness with the lockdowns. Um, so it's been getting progressively harder and harder for me to actually sell gear to musicians. Um uh, but I do have stuff. I also have books. Um, I was, in particular, I have a uh, a set of the first magazine in the Western world called the Gentleman's Magazine, uh, and it's uh, over a hundred years worth, which is nearly a hundred and sixty volumes of, because some of the years are actually two volumes. Um, and they they all originally came out as ephemera monthlies. Uh, unbound and they were bound so I can actually disbind them without doing any damage to their value in fact it would increase their value because I can sell them individually Um, the heresy would be if I decided to excise the plates and maps from them which would be actually taking them apart Uh, it would produce a much larger amount of money and it would be easier for me to sell them piecemeal that way but um, as as a as a book dealer that kind of makes sense, but uh, you know, it violates every aspect of my love for books to do something like that. So I, I think I'm probably just gonna. I've wanted to do a documentary on these books, um, and I was hoping that maybe I could figure out a way to, to get some income by doing the documentary on the books instead of just selling them. Um, but I, I, at this point, it's starting to become a, a, a an emergency. Um, so it's a bit of a tangent there, but I figured I would mention that. Um, so as far as survival currencies go, um, obviously cryptocurrencies are are a good investment as well. Um, you can't go back in time and put your money into Bitcoin um, 
or anything else that is now successful. I know there's some major fluctuations in the value, but in the long term, obviously, it was a good investment to do. We don't know what will happen in the future, but there's no reason to, to assume that Bitcoin will, will tr tremendously crash or anything, um, especially with all the volatility in the financial markets and the, and the devaluation through inflation of fiat currencies, which is being caused by this massive uh, subsidies that are being minted out of thin air by central banks. So... Obviously, as a financial tool, cryptocurrencies seem like a sort of a no-brainer here. But that's not exactly survival currency. Um, Havetta's question had to do with, I presume, you know, what what do you do for the worst-case scenario? Well, what are some of the things that need to be accumulated um, so that you can get through what what may be very very difficult times? And I think, uh, obviously. Um, Stocking up on on life necessary life st stuff is is primary in this list, um, and a lot of those things can be used as currency. We know from history that tobacco, alcohol, and a variety of other necessary items uh, that have long shelf lives are very good currencies. So it seems like that's also a no-brainer. You don't have to smoke to buy a lot of tobacco and stock it up, and I don't think buying packs of cigarettes and paying tax on that is a good way to do this. I would say buying uh, raw tobacco from tobacco stores where in, in many cases, um, in many places, they don't have to pay the same taxes. You don't have to pay the same taxes as you do for pre-prepared uh, tobacco products. So you can get a lot of tobacco for hand rolling uh, and you can even get rolling machines to make cigarettes presumably as well. So, so I think that's a, a primary recommendation is tobacco, alcohol, uh, canned foods, rice, all these long shelf life things um, will be necessary and useful to you personally. Obviously the food products will be because if you run out of food you'll have something to eat. Um, but also as currency because a lot of people are not going to be prepared. No matter how well prepared all of us may be having anticipated some of these you know, really bad circumstances, there's always going to be a significant amount of people who are unprepared. And presumably they will have useful things, tools and otherwise, to trade. And, and it, so you will always be able to trade these kinds of things. Um, uh, it seems to me that pet food would also be uh, up there, medicines, uh, first aid materials, of every kind that you can imagine. Basically, just think about things. One of the, one of the avenues I was actually thinking is just think about things you don't have that you might need, and those are the things you probably should stock up on. I know that's kind of oversimplifying the whole thing, but um, that's a good way to think about it. Um, my one of my problems has been um, thinking about. What you know? How bad is this going to get, and how fast? And I actually think it's going to be slow. I don't think there's going to be a super duper terrible crash. Um, I know that in the lockstep document, it talks about hack attack as being one of the things they're planning to do, and that involves artificially, or or just pretending, that hackers have done some damage to the power grid or to communications and using that as an excuse to cut power to, to the population and cut communications. 
Um, and for the people who aren't paying attention, they'll just say, oh, geez, you know, those terrible hackers, they, they cut our power without blaming it on the government. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm expecting to happen, um, mostly because it's written in, in plain text in the lockstep document that that's what they intend to do. Um, so, but I don't think that that's going to cause everyone to eat each other. Um, we've all gone through blackouts, and as I've said before, cutting off communication is effectively helping the concept and the realization of decentralization, because people will be forced to deal with their neighbors uh, in ways that they haven't had to do uh, to date, uh, and that's good. Uh, I don't think it's going to cause conflict. I think it's going to actually you know, promote cohesion. So if the powers that be decide that they want to cut all power and hope that they're going to be, you know, causing chaos, I'm not sure that's actually what's going to happen. Uh, and obviously the better prepared everybody is, the better. In fact, there, there could be problems involved with everybody being so well prepared that there isn't really, uh, that, that everyone has the same stuff and therefore trade is not going to be all that useful. Um, this division of labor idea from economics and the extended order it will will function wherever the circumstances you know whatever the circumstances are. So if the power goes out and everybody has the same stuff, that's kind of a problem. So one thing I think that's important to think about is is the obvious general recommendation is diversification. So if you so you should have a certain amount. I don't know what the percentage should be, fifteen twenty percent. Of, of your total wealth in cryptocurrencies. And I assume that Bitcoin would be among them, but Bitcoin is not that great for transactions, as far as I know. I'm, I'm still kind of new to, to cryptocurrencies in general, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash included. Um, I have Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash accounts, but I think I have like $7 in my Bitcoin Cash account. Um, so, uh, and thank you to Noise Cash, by the way, which I just started on, and I recommend to everybody. It's a very small community still, but it seems like the best solution I've seen so far, um, better than Twitch or anything else where you're dealing in some other currency that, that's not connected to Bitcoin in any way and doesn't have the same um, respectability and, or utility. Bitcoin Cash appears to be, you know, I don't know, everywhere that it's accepted, but uh, it's increasing daily, it seems like, hourly. So Bitcoin Cash is going to be important. So a certain amount of your money should be in, presumably, Bitcoin Cash. Um, I don't know when you buy it, uh, but, but again, I'm not talking about the details here. I don't know exactly what the best strategy is. Um, but that seems like one of the things you ought to have. Uh, and then on top of it, as I said, uh, foodstuffs, tobacco, alcohol, um, and some specialty items that you are particularly knowledgeable about. Uh, if if you're, I don't know, I'm trying to think of really good examples of this. It's kind of hard to come up with them off the top of my head in this stream of consciousness format. But uh, some of them might not make sense. But I think you'll get the general idea. If you if you're a, an author or something maybe have lots of paper because obviously if we lose power then paper is going to be necessary and if you need paper you need pens or pencils or whatever but presumably pens so paper and pens 
might actually turn out to be a particularly valuable thing. Um, it certainly is going to be necessary to make up posters and flyers for mass recall. If we get to that stage, one of the things that I think we should be focusing on is, is distributing information on paper with flyers and posters to everybody in your local town, explaining what mass recall is, why we need to do it, and what the scope of it is, hopefully, at, on, the, on the country level, first of all at the county level so if every we want to make sure we don't do this alone you don't want to do this as a town alone you want to make sure that all the towns around you are doing it too and then you want to make sure that all the, the counties around your counties are doing it and the states around your states are doing it so it's somewhat of a difficult thing especially without power for communication um, but my idea was that basic um, networking in a sort of internet model, just pass messages to the towns next to you. So, so some people will be selected to keep track of whether there's enough people in your town who are ready to do mass recall and tell the towns around you that you're ready and then just sit on your hands and keep promoting it, keep talking about it, tell everybody, put up flyers, etc. And then eventually, hopefully, get messages back from the surrounding towns. And then the surrounding towns will tell you what surrounding towns around them are ready for mass recall and let this thing propagate out. And I guess everybody should maintain a map with all the town names on it and check off and and test against the information that's coming through from the various inputs. So if your town borders on five other towns, you take the information from each surrounding town and you update your map. And if all the towns around you are giving you the same information about the towns around them, etc., etc., and your map is... All, all five of the maps from these surrounding towns match, then you can be reasonably certain that that it's correct. Uh, and if there's a disparity, you wait until the disparity is, is ironed out and the messages that you're receiving are in agreement. Um, this is a very loose idea. I'm just trying to think of how this would work if we had no power. Um, another possible way this might work is with... Um, radio communications, either shortwave or, or I don't know, podcasts. I mean, the, the John Titor idea uh, about a, a Wi-Fi network across the world is, is not unbelievable. I mean, you can set up a Wi-Fi, you can, if you have a battery or a generator, you can set up a Wi-Fi network and it'll reach far enough to get to another Wi-Fi network. Um, it's also, and actually this might be one of the other things to keep around in terms of survival currencies or survival tools, is lots and lots and lots of Cat5e or Cat6 cable. So if you can keep a thousand feet of Cat5e cable around, then you can set up a network with all your surrounding neighbors, whatever the distances are that are necessary to be able to connect to your neighbors. And if everybody does that, and everybody just lays cable down when this happens, and everybody has a generator, or, um, we could actually be sitting pretty and, and have full-on communication that's completely off the grid. And we can create our own Internet this way. Uh, the, the routers will function the way any router functions, so there's absolutely no reason why the Internet will ever go away. Um, this is something that, that governments have been sort of kicking themselves about the, the original design of the internet which was intended to survive a nuclear attack 
cannot be shut down. They've actually had to go out of their way to make special arrangements with corporations to be able to install kill switches so that they can shut off the Internet when they feel like it. And they will do that when they feel like it, when they feel threatened, and, and communications among people is so dramatically inflated that they figure that it's that their ability to propagandize through these channels is not as valuable as cutting off our ability to communicate with each other. And that's the point at which they will shut us off. So we can still maintain our networks. I think that's probably one of the best is going to be um, to lay down cables or Wi-Fi networks. The, the problem with Wi-Fi networks is, of course, they can be interrupted uh, and, and picked up. Whereas cable networks, if you just set them up with your neighbors, at least you know those are reasonably secure. Um, but I think these are some of the things that we should be thinking about. And if you have a couple thousand dollars lying around, stock up on canned goods of all varieties, um, tobacco, alcohol, anything you can think of that you think you might want or your friends or your family or your neighbors might want, and 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 set aside... I don't know what percentage of it, a good 20% of it, I'd say, should be set aside to something you're a specialist in, that you know about yourself, and probably most of the people around you don't. That way you'll have something unique to trade. Um, and that's just to hedge against the possibility that everybody is prepared identically, and there's, therefore, a minimal ability to trade because division of labor, so to speak, division of resources, division of the selection of the particular items has not been diverse enough and everybody just has the same thing to trade with each other. Um, so hopefully that kind of answers um, the question about survival currencies completely off the top of my head and admittedly not having done all that much of what I've just re recommended. Um, I, I decided years ago to go, as I said, all in with buying equipment and selling it and now I have a lot of potentially valuable equipment and there are people who need it and want it um, but unfortunately at the moment people are, are not buying things like that uh, which is terrible for me but that's it's partly because of cryptocurrency people are if, if cryptocurrency goes down people lose money and they don't buy things if cryptocurrency goes up they buy the cryptocurrency so I'm kind of getting cut out of the loop here uh, in this late stage of the game um, but um, Again, I, I think these are, are sensible precautions and reasonable tactics that comprise a, a, a diverse strategy for covering as many bases as you possibly can. And um, I hope that doesn't happen anytime soon. But uh, again, uh, as soon as we are successful and, and this starts to really become a, a threat, to the powers that be, they will cut us off, and that's how they'll do it. So just be ready, and um, God bless you all.